Um, yeah, before we begin, I just want to say that was a great experience last year for us too, meeting people who had such a heart for the world. And, um, you know, the world begins right here, yeah. <laughs> right here in Cheney, right here in this church. And so we were mutually inspired when we met everyone last year, and it was a, it was a real blessing for us. So thank you for those kind words, and thank you for allowing us to come. You know, we, we had a chance to meet Mark uh, last year and get a little bit of a meeting together, and there was just, there was, did you feel that? There was just kind of this connection. You know, it was just instantaneous. It just flowed, and so we thought, maybe it's because I'm a Northwestern guy, you know, I'm born in Everett, uh, you know, and uh, thanks for allowing an immigrant to the east side, I appreciate that. <laughs> but there's just a, a culture here in the Northwest that we love, that, that people are just open and, and connect so easily, so thank you for that. I'm going to have Paula say a couple things, and then I'll, uh, I'll do my best to, yeah. to cover. We... we Hello? Um, we, often, <laughs> we, we, we really don't have time to tell you much of our story. So um, I just wanted to say thank you for supporting missions. And Gary can give you an update of what's going on. And please come and talk to us after service and at the prayer table and join our prayer team. We would love it. We really appreciate you because we're doing this together. And together we can reach the world for Amen. Jesus. Praise God. Thank you, honey. All right. Thank you. Yeah, make sure you stop by and uh, see Paula because you're going to get the best of us if you do. <laughs> I promise that's true. So um, I want to just share a few minutes uh, about, not just about our story, and a lot of people think we're here to share our testimony. It's part of it. But that's not really the reason we're here. We're here not to tell our story, but to tell God's story. And we're here not to talk about Paula and me, but to really talk about you and us. Because we're all part of the same body. And we're all part of the same calling. And so, um, but I'll, I'll share a little bit of background just so you know a little bit who we are. Uh, Paula was born in Texas in a town where Cheney would look like a major metropolis. <laughs> and West Texas, if you've anybody been to West Texas? Oh, hey, wow, yeehaw. Okay, good. <laughs> I always tease Paula as saying that her town is it's called Level Land, by the way. And so if you took all the chairs out of this room, it would look like downtown Level Land. It would just, it's level. And, you know, her, uh, we, we always kind of joke and say her city tree is a tumbleweed, you know. <laughs> and <laughs> so I get to tease her a lot about her hometown. And, um, but we met in, uh, in Hawaii. We got married when we were 50 years old. Actually, I was still 49. By one month, I was short of 50. So she met a man in her 40s, and I met a woman in her 50s. So we got married when we were 50. Her background was uh, working in hospitals as a neurodiagnostic technologist, brain scans, and great job. And my job was working uh, for a major corporation, Nestle, as a national manager for Nestle. So I would travel around the 48 states. So we got married, neither one, you know, we didn't have any children in our, in our past. She, Paul had never been married. We had never children. And uh, so here we were, two single people, age 50, ready to start life. <laughs> Part of the reason we're here today 
is for you who might feel, gee, I'm not qualified, or I'm too old, or I'm too young, or I don't have the ministry background, or uh, I'm not educated in a certain way, or maybe the way God is calling me doesn't fit my background and my experience. And I'm here to encourage you, because God has taken two very unqualified people to do some a ministry where we, in the human sense, don't fit. But in God's eyes, that's who he looks for. So if you feel that, if you feel that tension, that you're not sure that God can use you in some way, we were 52 years old when God called us into ministry. So for you who think you're too old, we're 65 now. We're just getting started. <laughs> we're just getting started. Um, okay, so I'm going to share with you a little bit. Now, if uh, I don't want to be too bold and, and directive here, but the TV's on this side. So if any of you want to get up and move to that side of the room, it's okay. <laughs> or well, I think we have binoculars we can also hand out, right? <laughs> so, uh, so let me share a little bit about what happened to us. We went on a vacation to Thailand four months after buying a brand new home. So this is our our house in uh, Western Washington. It was a nice house. It was a dream home and for us. And I remember telling Paula, dig in, honey. You're going to be here the rest of your life. And four months later, we were in Thailand uh, on a vacation. Had a great time. Came home. I was in my, here's my home office right here. <laughs> I was in my office for two weeks, and Paula walked in the door, and she said, something's been on your mind since we've been back from Thailand. What is it? It's a jet lag still. And I heard myself respond. And if you were a husband, you might relate to this. I heard myself respond with words I had never thought before. That when my wife asked me a question, I impulsively said something. And normally when that happens to me, it, I follow up with, gosh, I'm sorry, honey. I didn't mean to, didn't mean to say that. You know? But... What I said that I hadn't consciously thought when she asked me what was up, I said, um, actually, I think we're supposed to sell this house. We just lived in it for four months. We went on vacation to celebrate buying the house. And <laughs> we're supposed to sell this house, and we're supposed to move to Thailand and be missionaries. And as soon as I said that, I thought, who said that? That couldn't have been me. That's nutty. And so she looked at me, and she said, I can't believe... You said that to me, and I thought, yeah, me too. And she said, he's told me the same thing. Yeah. So I, I think I fibbed and said, yeah, honey, I just maybe thought that would be the case, you know. <laughs> thought he maybe talked to you. And so we ended up going to Thailand. Now, here's the thing. If you, people say to us all the time, that must have been really hard. Selling your house, quitting your, you know, I quit a corporate life, was paid very well, was a good job. Um, called the boss, gave it up. People would say to us, gee, that had to be really hard. Some of you can relate to this. There's only been a few times in my life when God's voice was really clear. To a point where it's almost audible. During those times, it would have been much harder to stay, to deny that. It was so clear to me. It was so sure. 
So it was like Pavlov's dogs. You ring the bell and you salivate, right? I mean, I, you know, God calls, we were on a plane. <laughs> now, we got some training ahead of time for a few months. And if you're ever thinking about missions, that's a really good, smart thing to do. You know, we went through a course called Perspectives, and it was great. But we were prepared. And about six months after we got the call, we were on a plane. So, but I just want to say here, in Deuteronomy 28.1, Faithfully avoid, uh, uh, be the voice of the Lord, your God, being careful to do all his commandments that I command you today. And if you do this, the Lord will set you high. Now, he's not going to maybe make all of us high above all the nations of the earth. There's only one president in the United States that I know, for example. <laughs> but what he will do is if you can be sensitive to following the nudging of the Holy Spirit, just to take a step. You don't have to pack your bags and move to Thailand. Just take a step. Trust him. He will begin to, to magnify and multiply what you have done in response. He will be true. So we did that. So we got on a plane, and we were called, as Pastor Mark said, to what we call the Great Commission. Does anybody know the Great Commission? Heard of that one before? Missionaries for sure. <laughs> When Jesus went and ascended, he said, uh, one thing I want you to do before I arrive in heaven, I'd like to have you 11 go out and disciple every nation in the world. Can you imagine? You're one of the 11. And the one person who knew how to do all that is just leaving. The <laughs> it's like Pastor Mark saying to Cooper, Cooper, you're taking over, you know, and I want you to plant 25 churches. See ya, you know. <laughs> That's a big assignment. That's a big assignment. But that's, you know who that's for? Go and make disciples of all nations. Matthew 28, 19 to 20. That is for you. Not just me. Not just Paula or Debbie or Cooper. It's for everybody who's sitting in your chair. That we're all a part of that, starting right here in Cheney. The mission field begins here. And that's one of the things I love about this church, is you talk about that. So here's Paula and me. In our plane, and here we go, turbulence, it was a rough ride, you know, all the way to Thailand. And that's, that took an hour to make that, to make that thing work, you know. I, that's as good as I am on technology. It's all downhill from here, basically. <laughs> so we arrive in Thailand, and when we got to Thailand, has anybody ever gone to Thailand? Any Thailand people? Yeah, you guys have. Okay, you know how beautiful it is. It's a great place of vacation. You could snorkel, lots of architecture, rice fields, beautiful you know, people up in the mountains, hill tribe people, elephant rides. If you ever come on a mission trip to Thailand, we'll put you on an elephant. Most people stay on, so it's okay. You'll stay on. And uh, anyway, it's a great place to visit as the Northwest is. And that's how we saw it in the eyes of a tourist. That's how people, when they come to Cheney, eastern Washington, they see the beauty, they see the lakes, they go to the refuge like we did yesterday. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's what we do. We see that. But you live here, you see another layer that we can't see. And I'll talk about that in a moment. So Thailand, right here in Southeast Asia, it's a democracy. 95% of the people in Thailand are Buddhist. Only half of 1% claim Christian claim to be Christian or no Christ. After 200 years of missionaries, who are my heroes? 
not because they harvested a lot of fruit, but because they were tilling, any farmers, they were tilling hard soil for 200 years, loosening it up so that Paul and I and other people could be a part of the harvesting. Those are heroes. We're just the pickers. So for two years, Paul and I taught English at the Foursquare uh, Church. And they, there was a, uh, an English school connected. And we thought, well, we'll do this until we figure it out. Because <laughs> that wasn't really what we thought we were called to do. But for two years, we taught English. And, for, and we thought, well, we're going to share the gospel with everybody we know until we figure out why God has us here. And in two years, we led two people to Christ. Praise God for those two people. But I started, I'm a, I, I'm a marketing guy, and I looked at the population of Thailand, and it had 66 million people. And I thought about the goal that Jesus gave us, disciple the nations, and I thought, in order, based on our pace, I'm going to have to live to be 66 million years old <laughs> to accomplish this goal. That may be happening, actually, but probably not on this earth. <laughs> so, so it was kind of like the Dr. Phil moment, you know, how's that working for you? <laughs> and so we, began, we became really frustrated, and we thought, we got to pray, because we're not doing, we're, something's not working here. And so we were praying for about six months about what to do. And God led us to a particular scripture that is in Psalms 78, verses 4 to 8. And I'll paraphrase it for you, but it's a really good one for you to read. Essentially, here's what it says. Bring the good news of the Lord to the youngest generation. You know, people about this high. Disciple them, and they'll have children of their own, and they'll raise them up to follow the precepts of the Lord. And what will happen is they will grow and they will replace the current generation of adults who are resistant. Wow. Does that sound like any other country you can think of? Like here? <laughs> like every country, basically, that we go to. So we thought, oh my gosh, that's a strategy. We've been praying for a strategy. In fact, we would pray this way. We would say, we'll do anything, anything, anything. It was almost like a Buddhist chant. We'll do anything, anything, anything. And we did that because we had to shake loose of the fact that it was all about our resume and our experience. We're willing to do anything to win this nation to Christ. So God said, children. So I said, okay, anything but children. You know, <laughs> we'll just, because we don't have children. We don't know anything about children. We've never been in children's ministry. Before this trip, we were never on a mission trip. <laughs> so we were so unqualified to do this strategy, but he kept showing us things. And so here's what he led us to find out. In every nation in the world, God's children are under attack. They're under attack, which means your, my, us, this church, Cheney, USA, and the world are under attack. And I, and I have to be really bold and honest with you when I say Satan has declared war on the souls of our children. 
He's given us every tool to defeat him. The only way we lose is to not be engaged. That's the only way, by default. So we started looking at this and exploring what's going on in these countries. Well, in Thailand, 30% of the children use methamphetamine. These are all primary school kids. Child abuse is rampant. Child trafficking, you know, Thailand is number one in the world for child sex trafficking. Number one in the world. The mafia, three different mafias control it. Kids are begging, peeling shrimp, kidnapped, sold by the parents. And with all the money being pumped into this anti-trafficking movement around the world, it's worse today than it's ever been. Because not only does it wake up the good people, it wakes up the bad people. They see it as a new opportunity. Because very few get caught or arrested. That can really discourage you. It discouraged me. X-rated child trafficking is horrific in Thailand. I don't have to tell you what X-rated child trafficking is. South Asia. We have ministry in South Asia. Children are used in the brick fields and the coffee plantations. Uh, they're brought into prostitution centers. We have ministry in the Congo. Same issues. Have you anybody seen the movie Blood Diamond? You ever see that one? It's a great movie. It's hard, though. It's real. Well, these are children digging for, they've been captured out of villages digging for gold, diamonds, cobalt, magnesium in the rivers and the caves, put into child armies, sent into villages to shoot the adults and get the children. Burundi, smallest country, a little tiny country next to the Congo. We have three teams there, the poorest country in the world. Poorest country in the world. Uh, mostly agricultural, tribal. You might have seen the movie about the genocide in Rwanda between the tribes that fought and destroyed almost Rwanda. Well, a lot of that fighting is still going on in these other countries. Tribal warfare. Again, child trafficking, child labor. 50% of the population of this part of the world, Burundi and Congo, are under the age of 15 years old. 50%. They die at age, an average age of 50 to 52. That's the maximum lifespan. A lot of reasons for that. We think it's around the world. This is Sunday paper in Cheney. Spokesman review. Cheney woman accused of abusing her child during a video chat. And you can, I can tell you what kind of abuse she was doing for two men who were watching. So a lot of times we think it's somewhere else. It's not. What's the, where's the source of the problem? Well, Jesus talked about that. Out of the heart, out of the heart, come evil thoughts that lead to evil behavior. Out of the heart. Matthew 15, 19. No matter how many good laws we pass, this problem will not stop until we change the heart, which is the root of the problem. How do you change the heart? Well, according to Romans 12, 2, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. God's word and a relationship with him 
changes us. Anybody different now that you've walked with Christ for a while? <laughs> change your heart? Change your mind? That's how you do it. But who's open? Who is going to be open to receiving that so they can be transformed? The most hungry population segment in America and around the world are children under the age of 15 years old. 85% of Americans who are Christian came to Christ before they were 15. 85%. So where are we putting our, uh, our emphasis when it comes to raising up a generation that will know Christ and, lead, and bring them into leadership so they'll transform our nation? Are we putting it always into the adults only? Are we reaching the children? Not only protecting them, but are we reaching them in such a way that they will be transformed and they will be the future leaders? Spiritual problems require spiritual solutions. So this is what Jesus, that's what God taught us. So we have this ministry. Uh, this is a way, this is our little part of the solution, producing new young followers of Jesus to transform nations. That's our mission statement. That's our mission statement. So I'm going to show you a little video. And this video gives you an idea of what we do in outreaches. And this is from Thailand and from a nation that is in that area that's a restricted nation where it is illegal to share the gospel outside of the church building. However, we have a team there, and we have tens of thousands of people following Christ in that nation where it's illegal, and we have not broken any laws. So you can ask us at the table how we do that. <laughs> we reach kids, by the way, from age 3, 3 to 14. So we have even preschool kids. You'll see this. PowerPoint, media, interactive games, all kinds of ways for kids to learn.
when we are doing these outreaches, we always bring the gospel to the children. And they discover hope for the first time in their lives that there's someone greater than them that loves them so much and wants to bring them into his kingdom. bring these outreaches into schools, slums, villages, cities, even shopping malls. This is in the Congo. This particular ministry is done exactly the same way in every one of the countries. So these are children in the war zone in the Congo who are discovering hope through the local church. We partner. Our teams train the local church and send them and partner with them into the communities. Even adults. Many adults are discovering Jesus through a, a ministry that is on behalf of children. Muslim children in South Asia, Hindu, over in Niger, where we have a team, Burundi, that little, tiny little country. You see how they live, thatched huts. Many of them live in thatched huts, villages, very poor, but these children, maybe richer than many people you and I know right here in America because of what they have in their spirit. People tell me, children can't come to the gospel. What are, how, they can't come to Christ. What are they, how can they understand it? It's a matter of the heart and the spirit. This little boy. See, God is touching the children. And I'm going to wrap up with this little, little video. And uh, I just want you to see, this is in Burundi.
Um, this is a really a story about what God does. It's not about Paul and me. It's not about Paul and me. In fact, we, are, we always say God is doing this despite Paul and me, not because <laughs> Paul and me. These are different teams that we have, some of them around, the, around different countries who are training the churches to go into the communities to save these children. And in Southeast Asia, since we began this ministry 12 years ago, we've had 190,000 people come to Christ. It's not Paul and me. It's not Paul and me. It won't be you if you say yes to God. He'll use you and multiply what, what he can do through you. South Asia, just since January 2018, this five-person team in a Hindu nation has seen 5,800 people come to Christ. By the way, over 80% of the people who come to Christ actually enter discipleship in our ministry. We track everything. In Africa, 102,000 people have come to Christ just in the last 16 months. Again, about 80% of them are in discipleship. In 12 years, 297,000 people have come to Christ. Not because of Paul and me, it's because of God. It's his story. It's all we've done is say yes to the next step. That's all we've done. 272,000 people of those are in discipleship. You look at it, and now the cool thing, one of the cool things is 35,000 of them are adults. Do you think there's new hope in some of these communities, in some of these nations? God is going to raise the children of the world to transform our nations back to him if we get busy and focus on them. So we just like to say we did three simple things that you could do. We heard, we prayed, and we said yes. God did the rest. Actually, it's for you too. Say yes to the next step. If he's nudging you, if the Holy Spirit's nudging you today or any other time, just take a step. Trust God. Let him do the rest. Let's pray. Father, I just lift up this church and everybody who's sitting in this room. Because we've all felt your nudging in some way. And yet we've held back sometimes because of our fears or what we feel are justifiable reasons. But you are not a God of statistics. You're not a God of limitations. If you touch us, let us respond in whatever way. We are all in this together for you. We ask you, Lord... Uh, that you would just give us the strength, the courage, the faith to take that step forward and give us a vision to see Cheney, Washington State, USA, and the world reborn, redeemed back to you so that we may celebrate and someday hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Thank you so much. God bless you. Amen.